And thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where once again, it's brought to you by the team over at Sports Fuel, who have all your supplement needs covered should you be in the market for some. Some of my personal favorites are the Nothing Naughty Bars and the Clean Nutrition Pea Protein. But I do encourage you to go and check out their website yourself, um, where if you are interested in any products, they have hooked my listeners up with a wee discount code, that being CWK. So check it out pick up some goodies and remember to use my code to save yourself some cash, but more over to why you guys are here. Um, I'm very grateful to be sharing the microphone with a current Wellington Lion and Hurricane and Aidan Morgan. First off, bro, how's life and how's the body? How are things? Yeah. Um, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, pretty exciting to jump on this podcast with you and have a little chat about, I guess, my, my story and what's happening with me. Um, yeah, life's good at the moment. Um, just wrapped up the super season, which probably not the uh, the way we wanted it to go or the result we wanted, but still um, thoroughly enjoyed my first season and and good ones to get under my belt. So at the moment, just wrap that up and just back into my my training, trying to get myself ready for the up and coming Bunnings Cup, which um, kicks off in about a month's time. Mm-hmm. The mahi never stops. So twenty twenty two was your first fully contracted year as a member of the Hurricanes. I mean, how did things change on the day-to-day to to you? Like what sort of demands were there with being a full-time professional athlete? And what were some of your key learnings from your rookie season? I guess um, the the year before 2021, I was contracted in as a replacement player for for the season. So I got a bit of a taste of of what it's like, but um, I never ended up playing a game. So I was just sort of training week to week helping the boys prepare so I sort of knew what I was getting myself into but playing is definitely a, a different level and you got to prepare your body each week and and especially being at a, a 10 as well um, the amount of detail over the plans and the systems and the menus that are going to be used that week as as a step up and that's something that I was really excited to get a, get amongst and I found a pretty good challenge and you get pretty good rewards out of it as well when you're pulling off set set piece moves and stuff that that work out in the weekend, which is pretty cool. So with having that familiarity with the playing group, did it make it a little bit easier with being a young 10 and perhaps telling Colsey where to stand or, you know, Artie not to run there? I'm guessing that stuff must be sort of surreal in the moment, but that's what comes with being the playmaker, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely already sort of being in that environment for a little bit the year before through training, I already knew sort of the way we wanted to play and had a good relationship with a lot of the players and the coaches as well, which sort of made my transition a bit easier. And yeah, like you say, it's pretty surreal being out on the field with some people you grew up like idolizing and, and still, I, you know, I still idolize those boys um, and get, getting to play with them is, is pretty cool. But at the same time, it's, that's my job out there to, to help direct play. And, you know, they, they want the best for the team and I want the best for the team. So Telling, telling them what to do or where to stand is, is just sort of part of the job and we're trying to get get wins in each week and and that's that's just the best for the team mm-hmm. I can only imagine bro uh so again like you touched on the fact that you were a member of the team last year and so you would have had a sort of a what's what on what to do uh, as a professional athlete and even just being in that environment and feeling comfortable but 
what sort of goals did you set for yourself at the start of the season? And did you expect to get as much game time as you ended up getting? No, I I was pretty um, fortunate the way sort of the season panned out. Um, I didn't really know what to expect on opportunities. I knew at some stage I was going to get a crack and I sort of just tried to take it week by week because, yeah, I didn't, didn't know when the opportunity would come. And eventually that first Moana game, I, I got my debut and got, got a good 80 minutes there and then sort of just took my learnings from that. And then towards the back end of the season, started getting some consistent minutes, which I think as a, as a game driver and as a number 10, it's, it's quite important. Just the more you play, the more experience you get and the, the better decisions you make. So I was pretty stoked to be able to get some good minutes towards the end of the season and, and just build on my game and, and try to learn week to week. And we, are you happy yourself with how you performed and how you improved over the, I guess, the last month, really? Yeah, definitely. Like, I felt like each, each week was a, a different sort of a game and to take those learnings through to the next week, sort of let my game grow with confidence and just building relationships between players and, and building those foundations where I started to figure out what's what's the best for the team and, and how I was going to run my game and to get the best out of my teammates as well. So, yeah, definitely grew in, in confidence and playing week to week um, helped me develop my game to benefit the team, I think. Yeah. And then even like stuff like reviews and it seems as though you guys have different game plans going into every week depending on what your opposition is like. And again, especially with you being a 10 and a game driver, how much of that was difficult to get your head around? Because there's one thing, like say last year, where you're aware of that happening, but then to actually be you know, in the hot seat having to make those decisions, is that really something you can only learn you know, being thrown in the fire? Yeah, I think the way that sort of the 10s drive a lot of how the week's led and the preparation stuff was, was really new to me because... At, that high, at a higher level, there's a lot of planning involved with how you want to run game plans and what strikes or what lineouts to use and what area of the field and, and that. So I, I guess that's quite technical um, in a way, but that was a lot of learning for me because I've never really had to, to deal with that playing in the games I've, I had leading up to this year. So the more consistency I got being able to do that week to week, I definitely learned and then I felt like I was making better decisions and choosing better options. Um, the more I did that, the more familiar I got with, with those situations. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's worth anything, bro, um, I did think that you got better as the season went along. Um, but in order for you to get into a position to lace up with the Hurricanes, you had to have started your career somewhere. Um, and I know that you're an Auckland boy, um, schooling-wise. So can you take us back to a young Adam Morgan? where he grew up and how he started playing footy. Yep. So young Aiden, uh, born and raised up in Auckland, one of three brothers, um, I'm the middle, middle brother. And so young me was a bit of a code head. Used to wake up on a Saturday morning and go to the local grounds and, and kick goals and then play my club rugby um, at Grandma Carlton. And then I'd go play for my brother's team after that and, and stuff. So I was, I used to love my, my rugby growing up. And so that's how I got into it, just just for the fun of it and um, being able to play with my mates. I got a good crew of best mates um, that were up there at the time and we all played in the same team. So that's sort of how it all started. And just didn't start um, 
taking it too seriously until I probably got to high school. How much credit do your brothers deserve for getting you to where you currently stand? Yeah, probably quite a bit. My older brother probably toughened me up a little bit. Used to pick on me when I was a bit a bit younger. But um, yeah, I always used to jump, jump in his team and play for his team after I played for mine on Saturday. So that probably got me used to playing against bigger boys. He's a couple of years older than me. So I was probably the smallest on the park then and still am today. Right. Um, and I see that having done my homework on you, bro, that you ended up getting a scholarship to Kings for high school and maybe even intermediate. So how did that opportunity come about? Yeah, so I was just at my local primary school up in Auckland and ended up playing a game. So we were year, year six. I don't even know how old that is now. You'd, you'd be like 10 or 11 years old probably, but ended up playing a game against Kings at the time and must have done all right. And sort of one thing led to another. Ended up in the headmaster's office at Kings Prep, which is like the intermediate school, and sort of just offered me a place. And I, yeah, I sort of, with my parents, financially couldn't fund me to go to Kings. So they, you know, they, they said that we'll make that problem go away, essentially. So got a, got a scholarship to go there for intermediate. And yeah, I'm not sure how you can figure out if an 11-year-old kid's any good, but somehow, you know, they thought I was all right. So ended up there and then progressed on to, to King's College on a, another scholarship, which um, helped me through my, my schooling there. And, and I was pretty stoked, met some of my best mates there and, and got a good education, which put me in good stead for, um, for the future and ended up playing some good rugby um, at school there too, which was always a bonus. Crazy. Yeah, it's pretty buzzy the doors that rugby can open um, if you're as good as you are. But, you know, going to a school like KC, um, just quickly, you know, I lived in Auckland for a little bit and I remember playing out there and it's almost like a town within the school grounds. Like it's crazy, like the amount of stuff they have going on, not to mention, you know, the, the actual school itself looking like Hogwarts. So I'm not sure if the intermediate school is with the high school as well, but do you remember your first impression going to Kings and then thinking like, wow, like this is totally different than what I'm used to back in central Auckland. Yeah. When I, when I first went out to the college, the college is, is separate. That's the the big one out in South Auckland. And yeah, it's definitely like its own little village, go through the big gates and it's got everything there. There's a full athletics running track, like the gyms, kids out, pool, indoor like basketball facilities and there'd be like four rugby fields and two or three football fields all in one big massive um field so that yeah it was pretty cool and it's pretty daunting I guess little you know me walking in not really knowing what to expect but definitely sort of the, the best years of my life get to go to school hang out with your mates play with your best mates on the weekend and yeah I think King's definitely set me up for probably the person I am today as, as well as the rugby player. Mm -hmm. Do you want to touch on that, bro? How did the school shape you as a person and what sort of values and principles did it instill in you? It's definitely quite a traditional school. Um, like many of the private schools around the country, they enforce quite high standards on, you know, how you should represent yourself and, and stuff like that. Just little things from uni uniform, like how you wear uniform to, you know, what haircut you have and, and stuff like that. So that's probably where it started. And then they set high expectations on your academic work as well. So I made sure that I was, my studies were in check before 
I got into the rugby field and from there, you know, the, the rugby program there is pretty, pretty intense for a school program. Like from how many times we used to train and gym a week is pretty up there with, you know, what academies and sort of semi-professional environments do, which probably gave me a fair idea of what to expect when I left. And it was good though. We, um, we managed to get some good results and I, I got a 1A title in my last year when we were a part of a, a pretty good team with some of my best mates, which were pretty cool. Yep, yep. I've got that all noted down here, bro. I saw that you were a member of the first 15 for three years. You got your 1A title in your last year and you guys ended up finishing runners-up in the top four final um, that same year. But you talk about that King setup and how it, I guess, prepared you for higher honours. So maybe can, can you touch on the sorts of trainings that you were put through initially as a 16-year-old and were you even clear at what time, I guess, during that period, or even if at all, if it came during that period, that you were like, hey, I'm not too bad at footy. I could potentially pursue this as a career? Yeah, I guess I never really thought too much about post-school when I was there. Maybe my last year deciding um, what I wanted to do. But leading up to my first couple of years in the first of Dean, I purely just played for enjoyment and, and played to win. I'm quite a competitive person. so. I always wanted to win, but I guess the question about the way their program set up there is like 16 year old kid. I was my first time sort of getting into the gym and they were testing us on our squat and our bench press and they were grabbing our skin folds, which is like a, the fat or your body composition. So that's pretty intense for a school program. And they had us on, yeah, pretty strict like SNC program, which was all pretty new to me. And I guess, yeah, the benefit of, of the facilities that Kings had and the resources that Kings had was they enabled us to do that. But looking back, that probably uh, gave me a bit of insight to what it would be like when I left and, and might've even given me a bit of a head start to, you know, when I, when I left college and got into that academy semi-professional environment. Yeah, it is. I mean, just even the way the game's going, right. With players as young as probably 16, if not even younger getting agents, but, I think just touching on your time at Kingsborough, I mean, it's quite a prestigious call, uh, not to mention the fixture that you guys have against Auckland Grammar. Um, that's always televised. You know, both schools get right in behind it. Like, can you just talk about that experience, you know, taking part in such a such a famous fixture, especially here in New Zealand, and, yeah, how, how, that, how those times and those experiences set you up to be the player that you are now? Because, I mean, like there are heaps of kids that play first 15 footy um, around the country, but there seems to be something special about playing in Auckland. I'm not sure if it's just the size, but even more so the big four, the big five schools. Yeah, I, I definitely think the um, the Auckland comp would be one of the, the strongest going around and just the quality of players that sort of come out of it and how good the schools are and that grammar fixture, the Kings versus grammar has been going on like for over 200 matches, you know, hundreds of years of history. So it's always a big one on the calendar and you could have a terrible season and lose every game. But if you bet grammar, like it'll be a successful year kind of thing. <laughs> it's sort of always earmarked as yeah, a pretty special one. And you get to run out onto the field and you've got, you know, 800 of your like fellow students behind you doing the hucker. They have chanting practices leading up to the game and there's like a supporters club that turn up. Yeah, it's it's packed out. Like they'll 
they they put grandstands like temporary grandstands with scaffolding around the field for the game and grandma always have their big augusta army that come and support and we'll have our supporters club so probably yeah the first sort of taste of like high pressure situations i remember i was like goal kicking in one of those games and i was sort of like looking around as i was kicking and there's like thousands of people watching you and you're like a 16 year old kid figuring out you know this is what it's like but it's pretty cool and i got to be a part of a couple of good wins in in those games and those are the ones you want to win they're always tight just the best team on on the day wins and definitely a fixture that you want to be a part of if you're if you're at those schools definitely memorable experiences um as i said you sort of trucked along in first 15 for kings and then you ended up making new zealand schools your final year uh so i'm guessing there would have been a few offers on the table for you but i'm curious to know why you settled on wellington um i had a look sort of look around of with a few of my options and i wanted to study on the side as well as playing rugby so i've started a, a business degree so that's what i'm doing part-time on the, on the side with my rugby so I was looking to go to a city that had uh, a good university and a place where I could I could study as well. So I had a look at a few options and decided that Wellington was good, both off the field with my degree and then also the opportunity that was presented through rugby. And um, I aligned myself with the Wellington Lions as well and, and joined the academy here and then got promoted into the, the Lions squad my first year down here. So pretty much just came to everything aligned and had some good chats with both the coaches and players that were down here um, for both of those teams. And it was all positive feedback. So I thought I'd give it a go, see how it went. And um, things have shaped out pretty good. And I'm pretty happy with the decision I made. So hopefully there's, there's still more, more good things to come. Mm-hmm. Now, as a guy who probably isn't even a 10th, of the player you are um i'm curious to know when you are flying around the country getting the feel for the different unions how do those engagements work like do they fly you in and then wine you and dine you like do they get Artie severe to come in and entice you to come and sign with them and again with the way that the game's going and the way that the different unions are fighting over talent yeah i'm just curious to know what their pitches or what goes into a pitch to get the player they want in yeah, I guess from my experience, there's probably boys more hot property than, than me these days, but you sort of get, yeah, get invited into their environment and get to see what they're about and maybe watch a training day. And then you'll you'll catch up with uh, sort of all the resources they have. So you'll have a meeting with the coaches and then maybe their general manager and their recruitment team and then physios and their midfoot, the SNC. And you sort of have a whole lot of different meetings and get a feel for the plan that they have in place for you. You know, every player might have sort of a different plan and they'll try and off, offer you a sort of pathway and this is where we think you can be. But obviously every club's going to, you know, say the same sort of things that they want you. So I think that, you know, just seeing what best fits for you and, um, at the end of the day, I believe, you know, if you put the hard work in that you'll work your way to the top, no matter where, where you are. And that sort of was my mindset going into it, that I just wanted to find the best fit that I felt for me, that where, where I was going, I'd feel comfortable and, 
that I saw an opportunity that I could progress my rugby and, and get better. So that's sort of what came down to it when I was making my decision. Sounds like, yeah, all very well thought out. So you arrive in the capital, uh, you're a member of the Wellington Academy, and as you mentioned, you got elevated to the Lions squad later that year. But before doing the latter, how did you find the balance between rugby, the books, and even just being a student and all the cool stuff that comes with being at a university? Was it as tough a task as you thought it would be, or did you sort of have a good plan in place from your time at Kings to get the right balance? I guess when I first moved down here, my first year was pretty busy with the academic side of things. I took a lot of papers and I didn't know I was going to be part of the Lions squad at the start of that year. So I took on quite a bit um, of work. So managing sort of workloads for that was, was challenging in the later part of the year, but I feel like I was set up pretty well from my time at, at school that I knew how to, how to study and I knew what I needed to do to, to get the grades that I wanted. So sort of already had pretty good habits in that space, but definitely it was challenging balancing it. And even my, my mates will say now that, you know, sometimes they don't see me very often with all the rugby commitments um, during the season, but just the way, the way it is. And that first year was probably more rugby and books than living the student life, but probably for the best anyway, um, keep on top of my study and, and making sure I was getting the best out of myself um, each week so I could play well on the weekend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess short-term sacrifices for long-term success. Uh, so as we just mentioned, you were fast-tracked into the Lions your first year out, and then you were also a part of the team uh, in the most recent Bunnings NPC, of course. But within that 12-month time span, you'd spent some time with the Canes and you'd played New Zealand under-20s. Um, and I think even partway through last year, they announced you were signing with the Hurricanes as well. So within the space of, yeah, like 12 months, you've had some pretty cool experiences, some pretty big milestones. Um, and again, I mentioned all of that just to know whether or how much your confidence grew between campaigns. And was there any pressure on you to sort of like make that leap off your first year, having that involvement with the Canes, playing New Zealand 20s, so that way when you came in for your sophomore season with the Lions, you know, like you were, I guess, a light year ahead of where you were the previous season. Does it? Does that all make sense? Yeah, I, I guess there always is sort of pressure and expectation on you to to perform, and you know they've they've got you in there for a reason. And I have high expectations on myself, and I demand a lot out of myself too. So, in a sense, yes, but I guess you know you can only you can only perform if you if you've put in the work and you've prepared the best you can. So. That was always sort of my mindset and not try to get too far ahead of myself. So even now, like I'm, I take things quite week by week and, and try not to look too far ahead just because I know being, how important being present is and, and being in that moment. So I guess, yeah, and that New Zealand 20s experience was, was good, even though we didn't have a World Cup. Like it was a different level of playing. I'd, I'd only sort of played a handful of minor 10 games up to that point. So I got to play with some high quality players and, and had some great coaches around me as well. And we, we played some, some good fixtures for that 20s program. And that sort of allowed me to progress into that minor 10 season with a bit more confidence, but I was still sort of figuring it out. And even, even now, so I think still figuring out, um, I haven't played a lot of professional games yet. So figuring out where, 
where I, I'm best fitted and what I need to do to get the best out of myself for, for Saturday. And how much did the game slow down for you? Your first game for Wellington, which I think was against Waikato, and then when you were getting consistent starts the last year? Because, I mean, again, with me never playing in that level, I'm curious to know like how much of it is time in the saddle versus the learnings you get from, I guess, rubbing shoulders with the Hurricanes as an injury cover and playing with New Zealand in the 20s, you're playing with the best guys your age. Like, well, what sort of percentage would you get it? But is it like 70% playing and then 30% training? Or do you get more out of it, like actually off the field and getting that preparation in there? Or is it like the preparation means nothing until you've actually been put in scenarios where you need to apply what you've learned? Yeah, I think it's very much personal probably different players would say different things and different positions as well would say different things and I think me personally and being a 10 and the experience the experiences you you have in game scenarios for for game driving game management is pretty important and that can't be replicated at training so I'd I'd honestly say you know 75% of that would be from playing like you get better from playing, but at the same time, the stuff you do on the training field, the the work you do, you know, watching film and and analyzing stuff is is also really important. So you can't, yeah, no, I guess no two situations are the same. So, mm. but the more you play and the more you experience, you get more of a feel for how things might happen and and when to pull trigger on certain things and what decisions I should be making at what time. So. That's sort of how I found it and stringing a few games together, you you can take what you learned from one game and try apply it in the next and then you can watch your film, you can apply it at training and then you might not get that situation again, but you might get something very similar and then you can sort of fall back on, you know, I'm comfortable because I feel like I've had something like this before and you can problem solve your way through it rather than, you know, your first couple of games you're chucked in there and you're like, sweet. You know, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go. What do I do now? And then then you're sort of figuring it out without having the experience to back it up. So that's sort of like my experience with it and how I feel. But I guess, you know, every player is different and some people might be more comfortable just doing things off the cuff where I'm quite a systems-driven player. I think I fall back on what I know and, and the experiences I've had. On that note as well, so if we go back to your game against Moana Pacifica, for example, you know, it's a first start. It's probably unlike anything you've played in, you know, despite playing in the New Zealand 20s, you know, you're playing against full-time athletes and you talk about going in there and you being a systems guy, but how much of a license did Jason Holland give you? Because, I mean, from me watching you, you're, not, you're a guy that's not afraid to take the line on and push a pass, whereas... I'd expect guys to maybe be a little bit more conservative in their first couple of games, trying to get that feel. Uh, so like, how did, how do you find that balance between actually like having a crack and then being aware of like, well, or oh, maybe I shouldn't do that here because of like the, I guess the potential pitfall of making a move like that, because, you know, like these are sort of like split second decisions you're having to make. Um, I'm hoping I'm not getting too technical with this, bro. I'm a, I'm a bit of a geek with this sort of stuff, but yeah, yeah, it's just funny like watching certain players and it's almost like, for example, at the Mitre 10 Cup level, like they're hissing and they pull off all the Razzly stuff and then they play at the Super level 
and all of a sudden all that stuff goes out the window or yeah I'm just curious to see like how much of that is coaching and versus confidence so to speak I guess like the the coaches and the coaching staff we've got always you know back all their players to just play the natural game and for me personally I sort of went in with the mindset that um, I'm going to back my natural game and as you said I'm I'm pretty attacking and I like to take the ball to the line and that's sort of where I feel like I can make my best decisions like being a threat at the line and I guess like you just got to you know you live by the sword and you die by the sword if you if it comes off it comes off but if you go into your shell then you know you're blocking the opportunity that might be there and you know everything happens so fast but you got to back your instinct and you know my experience is most of the time your instinct is right like if you see something and you pull trigger and you know you can look back on it and it might be a good decision or a bad decision but if you're back at 100% sometimes you see like when you're watching games you're like well that doesn't look right but it comes off like like the classic examples like a bounce pass like looks like a horrible pass it bounces and lands in someone's lap mm-hmm. and they go into the post like that sort of stuff like I think you just got to keep backing yourself and that's all I wanted to do and in that game probably from the outside it looked like you know I was you know, running the ball a lot and taking the ball to the line quite a lot which which I think I did but there's a lot of things within that game without getting too technical that were huge learnings for me and probably more the tactical side of the game of how to drive the team around like ended up losing that game in a game that could have gone either way and that was probably down to, you know, that that was my first crack at that level and maybe I wasn't quite prepared for everything. And, yeah, there was a lot that came out of that and talking to the coaches and stuff and I learned a lot, which I took forward. And next time I got a, a crack, I was definitely a better, better player for it, I think. Mm-hmm. Some great self-awareness there. And I thought I'd just mention, bro, yes, one of my um, biggest pains is when I hear people, you know, throw flack at a certain player because they're like, you know, what was he thinking? But people have very short memories in that you know if the guy pulls off the risque move and he scores the try everyone's patting him on the back but yeah i'm not sure if that's yeah i don't know where that i guess sort of criticism flows from but um yeah it's cool it's cool to hear that a young fellow like yourself has confidence in his skills um especially with playing 10 but one of the other things i was curious about bro and i mean no offense by this is size now you aren't the biggest guy going around um, and as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, the way that the game's going, I mean, like some of the boys that are rocking out of school are huge. So how have things changed for you physically uh, since you left Auckland? Yeah, I think um, I've never been the biggest player and by no means I'm ever going to be the biggest player. Like I'm always the smallest on the field. And I think maybe, yeah, a few years ago that probably worried me more than it does now. Um I think, you know, there's examples around the world that there's these smaller guys that have just as much, as much influence on games as these big guys do. I think there's a sp- uh, like a spot for every sort of size player on the field and whether you're the biggest or the, the smallest, like you can add benefits and you can, you can influence games. So, yeah, I'm always working at, I guess, the strength side of the game and the power, trying to get bigger and, and stronger and more powerful. But... I know at the end of the day, I'm, I'm not going to be the biggest. So I got to, you know, use my size to my advantage. Like I might not be the biggest, but I'll get around the field a lot easier than some of these bigger bodies and just play, play the way that my body will allow me to. Like I'm not going to, you know, run it straight into 
you know, the biggest prop on the field, but, you know, I try to use footwork and that sort of stuff. And I guess, yeah, that that's for, you know, any small player out there, they'll probably say the same, that they might have a little bit more speed or a bit more agility. So, um, in some of these bigger bodies, so, you know, that's where they can add benefit. But in saying that, uh, I, for some reason, I end up running into brick walls quite a lot. Hey, mate, but you're still getting back up off the deck, though. Um, so there's got to be some credit in that. But, yeah, I guess, again, with me being um, a smaller dude, bro, I'm, yeah, I, for a guy like yourself who is probably put in harm's way a bit more than what you would see a halfback, potentially a winger. Yeah, I was just curious to see how you find that balance between not putting on too much size to where it takes away from your attacking gifts um, and even just the pains of having to eat all the time. Who was it? I think I had Sam Derry on earlier. Um, sorry, this was last year, actually. And he talked about like the um, the struggles that he has with just constantly having to get through food. And it's not uh, exactly the nicest food or the stuff that he covets the most. But yeah, just, well, I guess, one of the stuff that goes on in the background to get you ready for game day. Yeah, I... I sort of understand that I'm probably, even though I'm still young, I'm probably not going to get, my body's not going to change too much. And mm -hmm. the gains that I'm looking for at the moment are, are probably not the size. Like, I don't want to get too much bigger. It's more about, you know, can I get faster? Can I get more powerful without being any heavier so that, you know, my speed improves and I'm quick off the mark and I can still make my tackles. And, you know, for me, it's not about, dominating tackles i don't make heaps of tackles in a game but i want to be you know i don't want to be a liability on defense like i want to make my tackles and be a safe defender and a good defender without having to be the same size as the opposition so that side of the game i quite enjoy as well like i i enjoy defending i defend a lot in the backfield but uh, you know just as much i'm i'm happy to be in the front line and you back yourself to make the tackles and being a smaller guy just means you might have to go a bit lower but yeah, you just, you just back it and, yeah, that's that side of the game. I'm always learning, trying to get my technique better to be able to, yeah, dominate and handle the, the big collisions that, that happen at that level. Yeah, again, not that I've played at the level that you've played at, bro, but I can honestly say there's nothing more satisfying than having a big guy line you up and you chop them down. But speaking of development, um, looking ahead to the upcoming Bunnings NPC, and I'm not even sure if you're, you've paid any mind to the next super rugby season, but what sort of work-ons are front of mind for you at the moment? And yeah, are, are there any other sort of focuses for your game, whether it be on or off the field to help you take your game to the next level? Yeah, at the moment I'm always, I guess I'm always trying to develop my core skills. And for that, that's, that's my kicking and my passing um, are probably the two main ones and always trying to, you know, get more variety of kicks and be able to nail a kick, whether that be, you know, a little grubber or a crossfield kick or put a bomb up, like always trying to get better at those and get more consistent. So that's always a focus for me. And then just your ball handling skills, the way that you catch pass and your efficiency in that and how you can develop a, you know, a range of passes and offloads and stuff um, will probably be the big one for me. And, you know, there's plenty of skilled players in Super Rugby at the moment, especially 10s-wise. Like, if you look at the quality there are out there and just how sharp their skills are. So, I guess that's probably what I'm striving for at the moment and what I'm trying to 
keep developing that will hopefully make me a better player and then allow me to to help my team get wins because at the end of the day that's that's what we're there to do try to try to win and the better I can be the the better the the players around me can be and hopefully that that helps us win sounds like a pram blow um I look forward to watching that space and I think that pretty much wraps up everything that I've wanted to ask about your career to date. Uh, but before I let my guests go, I like to end it on two different segments. The first being, can you take me through your game day routine, please? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty relaxed kind of guy on on game day. So if we're playing at like seven at night, I'll I'll wake up. I'll try sleeping a little bit more on a game day, just because we you got to stay up a bit later. So I just wake up whatever time I wake up, that might be like eight, eight o'clock or something like that. Grab breakfast, have a coffee. Um, and then most of the mornings just pretty chill, just cruise around. Sometimes if we're away, we all the boys go out, we have a coffee and go play cards at a cafe or something. So if we're an away game, we do that. But if I'm at home or just chill with my flatmates or do whatever I'm doing. And then we have sort of the the team stuff starts not till after lunch. So after lunch, we have like a team primer that we do together, which sort of just gets our bodies ready. A bit of a walkthrough of might be, you know, moves and stuff that we're using and then have a pre-match meal together. Then I'll come home and then I'm at the stadium pretty early. I like to get there early just to, I don't know, chill out there rather than sit at home. I get pretty impatient, to be honest. Some of the longest days are those night games. So yeah, get to the stadium, get my stuff ready, uh, walk it on the field, chuck the ball around with whoever's there, and then pretty much into into my prep, get get my body ready, sort of in the sheds before I head out, and then I'll, I'll head out and get my kicking stuff done. Um, I'll goal kick for a bit, um, and then I'll I'm pretty much into a team warm up and into the game. Do the roll. Any yeah. superstitions? Nah, I don't have any. I'll always listen to music. But I said all the boys will be listening to music, but that could be anything. Like honestly, I'll chuck on a playlist like one week and it'll be completely different to the next week. And most of the time I get the last song stuck in my head. So if you ever see me like talking to myself, I might be singing to myself with a whatever song stuck in my head. <laughs> all right, I'll make sure to keep an eye out for that. But last segment, it's called 10 in the bin, 10 quick fire questions, and you just answer with whatever comes to mind first. Yep, so it is. Number one, who was your childhood idol? Uh, Dan Carter. Standard. Champion lightweight. So who's the worst on the source? In the team? Anybody, bro. Anybody? Champion lightweight. Who? I don't know. Most of the boys go pretty good. Okay. Uh, must on a day off. Go play golf. Mm. Have you got a crew? Yeah, oh, there's quite a few boys in the team that play. I'm I'm just a hacker though. Some of these boys are gun, like they'll yeah, they can hit a ball, but yeah, I'm just a hacker. I just do it for the enjoyment, get out on the course with the boys and um yeah. So yeah, most 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 days off there'll be a crew of us that will go out. Oh good. Uh worst coach's pit. I don't know. Probably probably be stitching some of the boys up here. Nah, most of the boys are pretty good. I feel like everyone's got a a pretty good relationship in art. We got a pretty good coaching crew as well. So, nah, I probably I probably got no one for you there. Diplomatic, fair enough. Uh, favorite cheat meal? Cheat meal. Ooh, I don't know if you consider a cheat meal, but like sushi. If I could TJ Katsu down here, mm-hmm. 
Fucking's unreal. So yeah, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go get if I could pick anything to go get a feed, I'll I'll go get sushi probably. Nice. Reasonably Cheap. healthy though. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, cheapest teammate. Cheapest teammate. Don't hold back here, bro. There's got to be one. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm trying to think. Who's the cheapest teammate? I don't know. Some of the boys might say me. Nah, I don't know. Go, uh, nah, bro, honestly, I reckon all the boys are pretty good. You, you're struggling to get anything out of me here. Sorry, bro. Oh, <laughs> all good. Uh, second dream. So if you weren't currently living, you know, the life that you're living, you know, living your dream, what would you rather be doing? Um, I don't know. I haven't put a lot of, a lot of thought into it. I'm, I'm doing a business degree at the moment, but yeah, what, what I want to do with that, not too sure. To be honest, I want to, I want to go traveling. So, not not a job, but you know, if I if I get the opportunity to, I definitely want to travel and go around the world and see some different things. So if I wasn't playing rugby every week, I'd be trying to save up to go on a bit of a a wee or something. I think sounds good. Uh, biggest grub you've played with or against? Biggest grub played with or against? Um, Colsey likes a bit of niggle, but for any of the boys in Wellington, Charlie Gubb. He played. He played for us with, um, at MSP, and yeah, he's a good person to have on your team. I, I wouldn't want to play against them. Yeah, I've heard that name a couple of times. Um, so yeah, that guy's definitely got a reputation. Yeah. Uh, question number nine: What's the best piece of advice you've ever got? Probably taking a taking it right back to when I first um, started playing rugby at, at intermediate. One of my coaches told me that. It's not about the size of the dog and the fight. It's the size of the fight and the dog. And I guess that's probably stuck with me for for a while now. That was yeah, years ago. But yeah, I remember him saying that and probably quite um, relevant to to how I play and, and sort of who I am as a player. I like it, bro. Uh, number 10, you just got to finish off the sentence for me. Saturdays are for... The boys. <laughs> Always. 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 I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, well, that brings this podcast to a close, my bro. Just want to say thank you once again for setting some time aside to have a quarter with me. It's been really cool to get some insight into your career. So, yeah, all the best over the next couple of weeks, being able to chill out, so to speak. And, yeah, look forward to watching you and the Lions do your thing in the NPC. Cheers, bro. I appreciate um, you having me on here and I hope it was uh, interesting and insightful, I guess. Bro, anybody who talks to me, um, I'm always keen to listen, bro. Pleasure. Sweet as. Cheers, bro.